A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online you'll experience the all-new Cerebral Way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. Money back as a free bet on any championship match on live TV. If you're losing first goal scorer bet gets a goal. I'm not finished yet, it took me a long time to get here. Both parents have, have spoken with each other and, uh, and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. But these fellas, he get such a f***ing shit shock next Saturday evening that we'll put him back in their f***ing houses for f***ing years. All right, Conan, I want to start off giving out about TG Cahir, and I don't feel good about it because TG Cahir obviously uh, show us games, um, club games especially, that we wouldn't have seen before yeah. or, until RT got it on board this year. But they're really annoying me the last two weekends in a row. So they're playing the late game as the live game and then playing the game that came before their live game as the deferred game. And it's really bothering me. Like, I mean, the Boris Ali Kiladangan game didn't come on last night until 5.45. Yeah. Waiting around all day, and that's not over then until towards 7 o'clock. Like, I mean, why can't they, they just show the early game first? Now, I complained about this on Twitter last weekend, and their outside broadcast director came back to me and he says, we have to work in co- cooperation with the county boards in relation to live or deferred transmissions of games on TG Cahar. That's fine. So some county boards, obviously it was the Kilkenny County Board, last week was the issue. That was the first game at three. And you'd love just to sit down and watch it. And obviously the Kilkenny County Board didn't want it being shown live because mm. it might have affected the crowd. You can kind of understand that as well. But my thoughts on this are, if the county board don't want to play it live and it's the early game, put on another game at three o'clock. Yeah. Why do you have to wait till four o'clock to watch to first game yeah and then it's a, it's a bad move from the county board then if they're not getting that exposure like that's a great thing they have yeah. the crowds won't be affected that much like you know the, the people the, going to a county final will go exactly like when you're in that county like you're going to want to go to it and suck up the atmosphere but when you're outside that's when the interest is and the interest is when it's live yeah. you know I know we all wait around for the county games now it's not as big of a de- de- deferring de- de- differential what's the word I'm looking for yeah. it's not deferred as much as the uh, as these games, but um, like I look at the highlights of these club matches, 
but I wouldn't sit and watch a full match of Not it. Not when you know the result. Yeah. It, it's disappointing and I try my best to watch it and I'm like, Jesus, I have two children and it's Clinton towards half six and I haven't eaten and it's just, it messes up the whole day. I like to eat my dinner on a Sunday. Roast dinner out at my mother's house. I like to get a bit of dessert <laughs> and I like to sit down on the couch and watch a club match. That's what I like. I don't want to wait till four o'clock to watch the first one and I certainly don't want to sit down until seven o'clock watching these games. I just, d- d- listen, just think of, the, seriously, think of the viewer. You don't want to wait till four because you could get sucked into a soccer game then you know what I mean yeah. I think it's on TG Cahar to show the first match as early as possible and get the viewer into these matches like I saw on, on Twitter yesterday there's a lot of GA people talking about the soccer yeah now I know the Dublin final was pretty boring Ballyboden always had it under control but there should be no way GA people should be tweeting about soccer when there's county finals on you know yeah I, I think, think it has something to do with not there nothing being nothing on until four no, I'd say you're right. I can't believe, like, remember on Thursday we were saying how we always have the same chat every year. I can't believe your Sunday dinner has come up twice now <laughs> in the last two years. But I don't remember this being an issue last year. I don't remember ever complaining about this before. I think the, t- the time spend too- of the day yeah, is probably definitely an issue. The, the, t- the time that they're showing them yeah no it, de- it definitely is so like I mean with the county finals first I suppose to cover and Ballyboden is the first one this was a total bore fest mm. um, Ballyboden always in control and that was always going to be the way so you have to wait till four and now you're watching a match that Ballyboden were one to five to win so like it just it was just a disaster of a yeah. day for for the GA and all the time there's other matches like Trillick and Derry Gonnelly going to penalties oh. we'll talk to Conal Jones in part two about that that looks sensational and you're watching this and people are tweeting about soccer and you're actually thinking of leaving it to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> that shouldn't be the way it shouldn't we're not getting a good run club season has not taken off the way I would have thought and I think the game's been chosen on TV and the timings of it are not helping that's it like I think we're just missing like we're just missing yeah. the mark because there's a lot of class stories that are happening here even you look the Antrim Championship and all these stuff that are happening sort of on the outside but they're not getting the main attraction yeah. which would really help take this whole thing now, it, 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 in I'm not criticising TG Carr for that or I would for choosing the Dublin final when that was always going mm. to be one-sided but at the same time when there's so many county finals it isn't it's not easy to yeah, find no, which absolutely. one is going to be is, is going to be the story because you would have said Trillick were going to beat Derry Gonnelly you know what I mean yeah. you're not going to know that turned out to be um, so dramatic obviously Bally Bowden the Baskell brothers it was Ryan Baskell got man of the match Ross McGarry who had a terrible start to the game really rallied in the second half they got 13 of the of the 15 now they've won four titles in total saw the likes of Conal Keeney Michael Darren McCauley Declan O'Matany have, have all won those four mm. so like I mean it's a great time for Ballyboden I didn't realise that they'd only won four in their history and they've an all-around club to throw in there in a Leinster club as well so sensational stuff for them they don't on paper seem to me the most the, the most they don't have the players like Ballymun Kickhams or anything but they've incredible work rate and they ha- almost have a culty work mentality you know <laughs> yeah. that kind you know the small club mentality when they're not a small club yeah. but they seem to have that kind of fire in their bellies that maybe some of the bigger clubs can't replicate yeah it's interesting like we, we were going to play them in the championship this year and the tactic was to not carry the ball through the middle normally it's don't carry it into their defence but it's because they put on such a high press and they're so strong and, yeah. and imposing that we weren't allowed to kick, like drag, bring it into the middle. And we thought there was space sort of over the top, but the defenders were so good as well. Like, yeah, you know, they're so. very physically strong. Yeah. And Anthony Rainbow obviously needs a, uh, needs a shout out there. Um, he's their manager. Yeah, so in, in Tipperary, Boris Ali are champions after a 33-year wait and our own Paddy Stapleton plays full-back for Boris Ali. Um, joins us on the line now to talk about this. Paddy, how's it going? Great, Willie. How are you? How's the head more like? Uh, head is questionable, all right, but look at 
Fantastic stuff. 33-year wait, um, which is a long time considering Boris Ali, our former um, All-Ireland Club champions. Yeah, yeah, sure, look, and we, not that we hear about it, like nobody says much does in Boris Lee, but uh, you feel that you haven't really reached reached what, what is expected, I suppose. So um, we're a long time looking at pictures in, in pubs and whatever through our life, so it's nice to do our own little thing for um, for one year anyway. Yeah, did you think the chance was gone from you, you know, at your age? And obviously you made the final two years yeah. ago and you lost badly to Turles Sarsfields. Um, well, myself, I thought we were coming okay as a club, you know. I thought we've, we've youngsters coming and, you know, you've Brendan, you've Ben, who were taping. They're a relatively young age, but I thought myself I was under a bit of pressure age-wise. Um, but this year we were kind of building, we, we played in our final and we were terrible in it. But ever since that, we kind of wiped the board clean and, and, and we kind of grew from there. So I, I think we were better and better in every match. Um, so we, it was all timing, but I thought my own... I was under pressure. If we didn't do it this year, I was wondering, you know, you're 35 next year. When's it going to end? So, um, no, I was, I was I'll tell you, I was fairly relieved yesterday. Yeah, definitely. Because, like, I mean, they got it back to two in the second half. So it was nervy stuff, even though you were in control for most of the game. Yeah, but sure, they got two goal chances in there at the end as well. Uh, yeah. James, James Warmer pulled off some great play from the penalty. Another one cleared off the line. But um, I suppose we had our own chances too in the first half. But certainly with the win in the second half and... They kind of, that, that goal that they got we kind of were in control at the time and you know kind of really tested our heads as much as anything else and, and, and what we had to do because two inexperienced teams coming in for county final very hard to know how, how each would react and how the pressure would suit them but I, I was delighted how we reacted after and nobody nobody lost the head and nobody got carried away themselves and we just kind of uh, tried to keep playing the ball keep working hard keep our distance and it, you know, thankfully it kind of worked out for us all yeah, and was there less nerves this time than two years ago? So I saw your manager Johnny Kelly saying the build up in the community the last time was at extraordinary levels. Like, I mean, had had the town gone gone mad at that stage two years ago, and you, you tried to tone it down this year? Yeah, well, it was strange because we were coming from nowhere. Really, we hadn't been in a quarter final a couple of years ago for four or five years, and before that, hadn't been you know hadn't been in the county final for thirty years. So it was gone a bit queer really and there's a lot of young young hurlers um, but this year it really just you know, felt like another match so um, you know it, it, that that was what Sonny tried to keep there was no madness in the dressing room or anything like that so um, uh, the players knew what I was about but they just weren't getting carried away this time but you know yourself your first time doing anything you know, it's going to be tense, um, but second time round was a little bit better. A little bit easier. So he's been involved with Portumna, managed him to a county title and was involved in their All-Ireland um, winning teams. He won a county title with Cooldary. I was only reading today that he was actually with Kiladangan in 2013 and 2015, so he would have a great um, inside knowledge on them. I would. He's known well, but like, to be honest, we've actually played him probably three maybe three or four times since January was with us and, and I think they've beaten us every time three times anyway I'd say right. um, so the, the knowledge didn't come in too much handy for the first few times but um, I think like to be fair Johnny has grown every year he's with us like last year we had a lot of injuries so it's kind of a nothing year but he kind of realises what we're able to do and what we're not able to do and I think that's his, his biggest strength as well he's he's very very realistic and he doesn't try and push too much on players like you know he doesn't try and fill their heads full of too many tactics or too little tactics he just has it on the money and he would know the kill it angle lads as well like so it's probably you know a bit bittersweet and meeting all of them afterwards but um, he was fair delighted too 
Yeah, no, definitely. You mentioned the young lads. Um, your full forward line, Kevin Maher, Jerry Kelly, and JD. You call him JD, not James. It's JD Devaney. He got yeah. he he cleaned up. He was playing against his teacher, but they're all under twenty one. So, like, I mean, these are the young lads that you knew were coming two years ago. I think two of them didn't play two years ago, and they played yesterday. Yeah, two sure two were only eighteen really, you know, they're minor they're county minors last year, so they're under seventeen last year. But uh, look you know yourself, like it only takes a couple of players on any club team to to improve things. Yeah. And I didn't realise that they'd actually have the impact they did have. They scored one ten, um, yeah. They scored one ten yesterday between them. Yeah, and to be honest, you know what, the likes of J D and Jerry, they're they're tough young lads as well as just being flyers, so um I think they brought a lot of that. Like it's very, very hard to get good club forwards. Um and natural so far and thankfully a couple came along in the last few years but Jerry is playing in terms of Jerry Jerry's playing probably four years now at this stage so he's he's kind of nearly experienced but um, the other two are only you know little babies but they don't seem like it on the field they're very tough good trainers great attitude and I suppose if you have the good attitude you always have a chance to be succeeding but uh, they'll keep the feet on the ground anyway there's no fear of them Yeah well you'll make sure of that I would tell you, when you get a full fo- a full full forward line of young lads it's a nice one when you get pack them all in there because they're the hardest fellas to get through aren't they when you get the three of them uh, you, can, you, can, you can throw it down half them at least they'll, they'll <laughs> stop it and they'll, they'll run and they'll, they'll, they'll be keeping after the ball so the ball won't come back to us down, down to us as, as quick and that's to be honest actually that happened a good few times yesterday where Langan had it and the boys just kind of balked them and, 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 and maybe slowed it up for a minute give my old legs a, a chance to recover what's, this, what's with this mascot you have the rooster oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I don't know where it came from there's a few <laughs> different stories but that's our, that's our mascot anyway so I was wondering would the ISPCA be onto us but he was well looked after anyway <laughs> so when did, he, when did he start becoming your mascot Oh, I don't know, ever since I was around anyway, he was a mascot. But uh, the tradition to have one there in the day of the county finals. Is, and that was it, to be honest, even two years ago, like, you know, that adds to the whole craziness. that go and play in the first county final and talk about the roof to being out in the field. Like, no, it, it makes a normal, what should be a normal game, very abnormal, like, um, and all that stuff added to it. But we're kind of used to it this time now. So I actually look, it was, it's you not, know it, it's great. It's a kind of, um, that bit of prestige and that kind of bit of um, around it, you know, kind of. I suppose it's a bit of showmanship and all that. Ah, that it's a little bit of yeah, year, a, li- so. a little bit of theatre around the whole thing. I thought it was great. Yeah, a bit of theatre. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. And I suppose I, I kind of only appreciate it now, really, afterwards and saying, uh, and the people of Boris absolutely love it. And I think even all the county kind of it's a great novelty for them and um, something different I suppose that's you know that's a lot of sport too isn't it? entertainment yeah exactly so when you say Boris so like I mean is the is the town or is the village is it Boris or Lee the whole place is there two is there a place called Lee it's just trying to get this clear in my head uh, there's a like originally it was kind of like you know back in the day when you wouldn't have too many cars it was Boris and I Lee but like right. it's the one place it's just like one another part of Boris okay Lee, so it's that was it. It was Boris is near like the village, and then I leave up where the other churches and like, but that's that's only a drive up the road. Like it was all was kind of the one, but so it was back when people couldn't try travel down into the village for training to, to get a team going. Ah, right. Now there's more houses and stuff. They've kind of nearly blended in together. Yeah, and they can drive down to the park in in, in the village. So it's all together, and as was you couldn't continue a team like we we don't even have a massive population really with Boris and I leave so. That's, but again, that's, that's years old as well. The worst leaf, and I don't know how long. Right, okay. Come here, Paddy. Thanks very much for giving us the time. I'll let you back in to the pub there. I know you're standing outside. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Rory. Thanks a million. Good luck. <laughs>
See, Conan, I'm nodding if I'm not fair. I'm not going to leave a man standing out in the cold, in the rain on a day like today and there's pints flowing in behind, <laughs> behind him. Sunday dinner and pints, that's all sacred for Willie. <laughs> all right, the last county final then at the weekend was Cora Finn, day one seven row. I told you this was going to happen, Conan. The favourites win the replay. Um, they were a point down in the second half. I think Toom Stars had the wind in the first half, didn't get enough of a lead. Um, Cora Finn scored five in a row then, game over. Seven in a row. Um, not a huge surprise to me but congratulations to Cora Finn not much more to say about that is it getting a little bit boring with Cora Finn winning in Galway yeah no but I thought like the way some people were talking that Cora Finn might just run away with it in this in the second game but it's like it's still random tight again Shim Stars and yeah they were in it they were in it but look that's the local derby and that's the home advantage well it's a home nearly home advantage for both teams but that's the local derby and all that tradition and all that I talked about the first day and I yeah. called it's going to be a, be a close one but anyway congratulations to Cora Finn loads of time to talk a little bit more about Cora Finn it's not like we haven't eulogised <laughs> about Cara Finn and off on this show Kiermaloy month is in a couple of months <laughs> so there's a big shock in the Leinster Hurling Championship this is uh, provincial clubs we'll move on to here now so Carlo Champions remember we completely rode off St Mullins last Thursday <laughs> just completely rode we actually looked ahead to the heavyweight title fight of Kula versus Ballyhill Town I'm very disappointed that that's not going to happen now um, but at the same time you can do nothing but congratulate um uh, St Mullins on 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 beating Kula. That's incredible an incredible um, result. Uh, Marty Kevin tweeted afterwards. He can't beat Hart. So like I mean, I think a little bit more than Hart got them over the line against a team like Kula. So it's just fantastic stuff. Yeah, like he you need Hart as the very bottom line. Like, but like you need to be set up well. You need to be fit. You need to everything. You need to be skillful. Yeah, and they had it all. Yeah, and they beat Mount Leinster Rangers to stop them from going for three in a row in Carlos. So Mount Leinster Rangers were the top team. Um, in Carlos so to come off stopping them for three in a row when they were outsiders for that and then to beat a team like Kula incredible stuff the final whistle was kind of overshadowed by St Mullins selector Michael Ryan um, I think he had a heart attack towards the end of the game and it was looking um, pretty bad for him his son Oshin had come on and his son Oshin had to be tra- substituted off this is in the dying moments this game is in the melting pot and all this kind of thing is going on incredible uh, stuff then Oshin went off the field because it was so serious and St Mullins GA tweeted after the game said we'd sincerely like to thank you all, thank you they sent this tweet to Kula they said we'd sincerely like to thank you for all your efforts today it's genuinely appreciated special thanks to your wonderful uh, uh, supporter Dr Neve Murphy Michael's doing well um, in no small part to your assistance so thankfully uh, Dr Neve Murphy w- was there as a supporter and came down to help and mm. um, he looks like he uh, or Michael Ryan looks like he's getting better and that's it that would have been a, a horrible horrible end to a brilliant day for St Mullins Yeah it really does show the importance of I don't know what was used if the defibrillator was used there but like you know every club needs one having a doctor like you know even just as a fan or as a club person being there it's crucial I, I I coached the game one time and somebody from the opposition just fell flat on the ground and he was unconscious and a player or yeah a player. player it was one of the most terrifying things I've ever seen and then there was a doctor thankfully just took it upon herself came in from the stands and ran straight over to him and then she started screaming for a defibrillator and I always remember just that eerie scream like just going down the pitch like get the defibrillator and she got him sorted and stuff and he went right. to hospital and he's grand now. But it's, it's amazing just being able to deal with a situation like that calmly. I remember being in a pub down in Tralee and somebody just there drinking took an epileptic fit. And this person was shaking violently and he was knocking tables and everything. And Jim McGuinness had a, a little bit of experience, I think with a family member or a friend or something, and he just calmly held him down 
uh, twisted it, turned his head in the right direction. He knew exactly how to do it. I was just standing there going, what the hell? I, never, I <laughs> yeah. was terrified, like violently, like almost it took all of Jim's power just, to, you know what I mean, to try and yeah. get him under control. It's just kind of being able to deal with a situation yeah. like that. And the scary how many of you were just, like the same with me with that situation, you're just standing there completely hopeless. You're just useless. hoping someone yeah. else will come to the yeah. rescue. Yeah, useless. Anyways, uh, Nave Connell. So I got this one wrong. I'm getting ones wrong with Nave Connell. I think they're doing it just to spite me. <laughs> so like this was incredible. Incredible that they were able to, to uh, play three county finals, right? Um, going to extra time in the replay and then win a second replay, play three games in 14 days and then have a three-day turnaround to go away from home and all the travel is involved in driving down to play Castle Rahan who had played two weeks in advance, had won their second county title, so we're ready for Ulster yeah. this year, according to Keane Mackey, and go there and dominate them outside the last 10 minutes where Castle Rahan rallied, but I'm sure Nave Connell were out on their feet at that stage. Yeah. Jesus, you, like, I'm, I mean, my respect for Nave Connell is going <laughs> up. Now, I, I've come to the conclusion that I love Nave Connell and I love Glenties when I don't have to watch them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, it is. Is that fair to say? They're a great team. They're a great club. All those things. I love them. Just won't watch them on television. <laughs> yeah. I'd say every club player all over Ireland is well, fair play to them. Like, you know, wouldn't begrudge them that. We, yeah, yeah. We'd do it as well if we could. But yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. I think I did predict them, although I've like, you know, got most of my predictions wrong. And I think I just went with this one because we were know, getting well, a hard listen, time that's from That's all right. Don't apologise <laughs> for getting one right, Conan. That's yeah. not what I do. Actually, I said I got this one right. <laughs> Let's get that on the record. So that's it. So fair play to them. In fairness to them, they was, must have gone out after that final. They must have taken it easy that night and taken it easy the next day. I'm only speculating here. I don't know. But we didn't see any videos or anything that like Guidor. Guidor started putting up loads of videos of their commiserate, of their, their drowning in their <laughs> sorrows. And I was like, have Guidor kind of lost a run of themselves in that they're believing their own hype that I uh, care about what happens in that pub outside of celebrating a win <laughs> I was interested when they won and how they celebrated it you lose a match I'm not interested in those videos and one of the videos actually showed a group of them and they all had their phones out videoing each other like yeah. have, they, have they sold out here do they think they're actually an attraction outside yeah. of you're an attraction the day after if you've won something the country wants to see yeah. they don't want to see what you do the day after losing <laughs> yeah. a final like once, is that just me or is that am I, fa- am no, I being unfair like once, on them once you see all the phones out as well you start becoming suspicious yeah. like it's like they're, they're self aware now they know that they're a big story <laughs> or they were last year and um, whereas like last year we were seeing one person it was almost like they were sneakily recording the celebrations and everybody just going it seemed crazy more pure and plus like I say it, after winning an Ulster club or a county final I'm massively interested in the day after that then. Yeah. Are you really when to lose? No, Nave Connell were the story then. Yeah. You know? I liked that. To be honest, I liked one video when it first came out and I was like, oh, fair play to them. Look, they won together and now they're losing together. And I would have preferred that chapter to have been closed. And yeah. Thought, you know, fair play to Guido. Yeah. But now I'm just like, oh, well, that's it. Well, the only person I do like in those videos consistently is Neil, Neil McGee. McGee. He just does his own thing. <laughs> Comes in with a drum there. <laughs> he's just doing his own thing. He's not taking videos. He's not looking to star in the videos. Yeah. He's just, he's a three time all star and he's just in there one of the boys. You know what I mean? That's yeah. that. I watch the videos purely to see what Neil McGee's at in that. In, in the well, there you go. Maybe there's still scope for more. Yeah, maybe we just do Neil McGee. Yeah, spin-off. Yeah, spin-off. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so another big story in the Ulster Club football is Cross McGlen are out. Um, big surprise um, there because the, there's going to be new Ulster uh, champions this year with Cross McGlen um, going out. All four semi-finalists now 
have never won it before. So it's an incredible Ulster Championship. There's no doubt about that. John McEntee obviously beat his former team and he seemed genuine. Well, he was genuine mm. when he said he's sorry to see his club losing. Like, he's doing a brilliant job with Clontibrid. Like, I mean, that's Scotstown and Cross McGlen they've beaten. Yeah. And beaten, you know, convincingly enough. I was a little bit disappointed with this on Saturday night. I would turn to BBC Northern Ireland on the television and I was saying, what? how have I got this wrong? It's seven o'clock. It was online, this was on. It wasn't yeah. on the television. That, I, I thought the advertise. I maybe I just read it wrong. I was disappointed to see it wasn't actually on the television. Yeah, no, I, I wasn't surprised. Or, like you know, when I saw it, so I wasn't uh, caught like you were. Right, right, okay. I think Cross had a, um, had a lot of um, had a lot of wise, but an interesting one. John McEntee was saying in an interview afterwards that the last time Cross McGlenn. Uh, played Clontibrid he was actually playing and he was marking Desi Moen yeah. who he's managing now so I thought that was a nice little a nice little side story Did you see uh, Conor McManus's score? Yeah like, yeah, That was unbelievable like, The defending was class there like, it was, I think it was Christopher Crowley who was all over him like a rash he was aggressive and he's pushing him away yeah. from the post on his left foot and McManus still scores what, yeah. what do you do? And he put it so high as well you mean the reason he put it so high is because he was going to be blocked if he put it yeah. low He actually did a skyscraper just because that was the only way he could <laughs> yeah. get a shot off. And he kept the control on. Uh, he's a phenomenon, McManus. There's no doubt about that. Like, I mean, the, you don't often see him scoring those spectacular ones off the left as much. They're, yeah. always, off, they're always off the right. But that, yeah, you're right. That was, a, that was unbelievable. Any club team, when they have, when they have the likes of him, um, you know, there's no doubt that they're, they're <laughs> going to be uh, better. Is, yeah. that, is that like the understatement of the year? Uh, Bally Gunner hammered Six Mile Bridge. Interesting one here in that I thought Six Mile Bridge might create a shock here. Don't know what, basing this on them doing pretty well against them two years ago. You know what I mean? And it's a Ulster, Ulster club game uh, rivalry. Um, but they hammered them. They beat them really well. Desi Hutchinson, who we want to talk to on the show um, soon enough, he scored the opening two points. He earned five frees for Porak Amatini to uh, score. And he also scored the, the goal um, in in injury time, just before half time, I think it was. Yeah, just before half time to put them nine up at half time. This fella's only back from English soccer. I got, this lad is just looks like a sensation, and I'm thinking what this lad is going to do to Ballygunner because they're already a brilliant team mm. and won Munster Club last year. And what's he potentially going to do to to Waterford? So this is really exciting stuff that Desi Hutchinson is back. And he's the real deal. Yeah, some people are just class at everything, aren't they? Like, you know, we all know that for Zach Toohey, probably for you, I'm sure he yeah. was brilliant at anything he turned his, his hand to. And now a new era for Waterford. And not to keep score, but I did back Bally Gunner as well. Yeah, we did. there's two. Yeah, I see. <laughs> yeah, you're getting starting to brag a little bit like me now, which is great. Rat Downey Earl, brilliant win for them. Hammered St. Rhinus um, from Offaly. Really hammered them out the gate, 416 um, to 10 points. We had Ross King on the show recently and he was talking about how they want to make an impression in Leinster and do Leash proud. Lovely attitude. And that's definitely doing Leash proud when they're beating the Offaly champions, which we love. We love... Uh, to do in Leash and now they play St Mullins so Rat Downey Earl have a really good chance obviously don't want to start talking <laughs> St Mullins have put me in my place last weekend no but you get my point That would I would probably put that match down as a 50-50 game oh, you know? yeah. whereas the cooler one you'd be thinking they wouldn't have much of a chance to get to the final so it's brilliant for Rat Downey Earl uh, brilliant for Leash Hurling which was so good this year um, and for them to be able to get into a Leinster Club final you know what I mean or yeah. potentially win it it was just ra- round off an absolutely uh, fantastic year final one is oh yeah I saw a tweet this morning um, from Paul Geaney and he's th- tweeting Joe Brawley 
And he says, this is the second time this year Joe Brawley has had a go at the GPA. He must be right too. He's the most clever man that has ever played the game and the funniest, possibly the best also. <laughs> so I was wondering, what's this all about? So I read Brawley's piece um, in The Independent yesterday and he's having a go at the GPA again. And I don't know about the thing about the GPA. The thing that Joe Brawley hates more most about the GPA is the thing I don't really care about too much with the GPA. Them making money and using it for player welfare and being commercial and all that's bound to happen. The money that's swirling around in the GEA now, like the one thing I would and everybody would agree on is they should make their salaries uh, public so that we know that all that money that they're raising through fundraisers for players mm. isn't going all, you know, not all, but uh, too much of a proportion of it going into their pockets. So I accept that. But this idea of the players deserving a bigger cut of the pie, I'm I'm in yeah. complete agreement with the GPA on that. I think that the, the GA would have no money if it wasn't for the intercounty players uh, generating it for them. And it's going to come to a point where they're going to look for a small yeah. piece of the pie and they're going to get it. Well, it's like, inevitable. It's inevitable. Absolutely. And the GPA is part of the GA and the GA makes a lot of money. And they put a lot of it back. But like they have to use a lot of that money that they do make then in stuff like the GPA and in hiring people and developing stadiums. And does Joe Brawley want just every single piece of money that the GA makes just to go away? If they have to make money to they have keep to generate going. it, yeah. Now this is a private company, like you know, it's a private entity, the the GPA, and he's he's got an issue with them using that money just for the one percent. But like the one percent, pretty much fund the, everybody yeah. else. There'd be no facilities around the country without the intercounty game. It is elite, whether you like it or not. And I don't think at at this time of the year we can enjoy club. Club gets center stage. The reality of it is. There's a tiny, pe- tiny amount of people at the games. It's it's lower profile. It's not able to generate anywhere near the same money. So, it, it, you know, the reality is it it's a lower level and is treated that way. Like, I mean, it deserves its part in the calendar. We'll all fight for it. But at the same time, inter-county is, is, is the big show in town. Mm. And it, why would you want to argue with that? And why would you want not want... The, the players that make the that get to the very very top of the sport and are the elite players, you have an issue with them getting well treated. Yeah, and like you know, Jews is obviously not stupid. Like, and he's done a lot of pieces about how how much commitment players are putting in, and he doesn't like it obviously. But we can't pretend like that's not happening. You know, yeah. so they do need help as well, and they need something back from it. And like we talk about nutrition costs and and everything else, like they're they're given so much to be the biggest show in town. That we can't just pretend like they're not doing it, or we can't just tell everybody to train twice a week because everybody knows if you train more than twice a week, you'll be better. Yeah, so you're like, not going to go back. You, can't, you can't, go back. can't go back in time. And another thing I don't like is when people say, well, well, club players put in just as much of an effort, and maybe they do, but they're not as good. Mm. That's the reality. I could put in more of an effort than a Premier League soccer player at a junior level soccer player as player in Port Leash. I could look after myself. I could train. But I'm not as good. I'm not. I'm nowhere near their level. So you're not comparing like with like. Effort is only a small bit. Talent is what sells, and mm. the intercounty players have the talent, and they have. They're putting in that effort, and I don't begrudge them. I absolutely don't begrudge them. I hate. In fact, I hate people who begrudge uh, the intercounty players, considering what they give this country every single summer, every single summer, and don't get anything back for it. I'm not on that side. I'm. I would. I would. If the more they can get, with of that money that's swirling around, I. I think it's better being given to the players than being given to 
GPA officials in wages. Yeah, I, I also I'm interested in that idea of like club players putting on the same amount of effort as some might, but that G- might be a lifestyle yeah. choice. It's not being, very few. Like, yeah. Think of the amount of effort that a county player puts, and I know club players work really hard. I, I like to think I do as well, but I know I don't work as hard as Brian Fenton or eat as well as he does. Or, do you know? Like, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Different level. Yeah, together. it's a completely different level. One thing I did like in Brawley's article, and this is when I love. Uh, reading Joe Brawley articles is when he takes the piss out of the shrinks and the sports psychologists. I didn't like that. (laughs) You didn't like that? No, I didn't. So I'll read it out to you. Uh, Last week, as a part of England's lap, or victory lap, there was an interview in the paper with England's uh, visual awareness coach. So this reminds me straight away of our... uh, the glasses in Kildare. The occlusion occlusion goggles. Yeah. So Dr. Uh, Cheryl Calder has patented patented eye gym which says improves players peripheral vision reaction times and coordination the good doctor is a doctor of performance coaching who explained how her work has been crucial in bringing England to the peak of performance in these three vital areas of the game I look forward to her interview next week this is the clincher for me and where Brawley's completely right and I've said this before funny thing about these sort of doctors they're never held to account when a team wins they're lauded when they lose they become invisible that's a fact. That's true. Mm. Would, would you not just get rid of them though when you lose and then you try another fad? Like I, to me, like I, I know I get it and it's, it's funny enough, but like you know, every team, especially at that level, are looking for marginal gains. Like you yeah. know, England are as fit as everybody at the World Cup, and they're all eating as well and everything else looked after. But then they're looking for something different. And then if it doesn't work, then you just try something else. Is that yeah. not what, what you but do? But I suppose, where does that end? Because when you've tried that marginal gain, it doesn't work. You find another person and these, even, uh, who cares? What, what's he doing? <laughs> You're just bringing them in just to have another notch. You know what I mean? A, a peripheral, uh, what, what is it? An eye gym, <laughs> which improves players' peripheral vision, reaction times and coordination. An eye gym. Yeah. Now, this is getting to the level where managers are so desperate for that marginal gain that any Tom, Dick and Harry with a new fad can come in because if the manager will argue that if it gives us a 0.1% chance yeah. of being improved even if it improves three players sure it's a free f- it's a free for all for any sort of like a manager saying that. <laughs> but like I mean it's a free for all for any sort of person who wants to come in wacky individuals yeah. you know what I mean where does this end this is like this isn't a great one for me to stand over it's not a great hill to die on but like you know Brawley's gone after sports psychologists before and it's like ah come on like you know something that you obviously you obviously need in your sport. Yeah, well, not all players need it, you have to say. Like, I mean, it, it's it's definitely not important for all players. I think if some players get some stuff out of it. but And then, obviously, my argument is the, the different sports psychologists, so there can be some good ones, which yeah. can have value, and then there's some completely useless ones, mm. you know, but they all seem to be making making money out of it. Yeah, I, I do. Like the, I think the problem with this, especially like the, something like this, the iGym, when it comes down <laughs> to like a GA club team, because like I always think, yeah, you said not point one percent. That's that's all right to try it, I think. But when you're a club team, you haven't looked after the ninety nine point nine percent. Oh well, that's you, it. You only have yeah. not point one to look yeah. after. If you look I, after everything else, yeah. great. You're completely right. If like if a manager who's not good on tactics starts bringing in people like this, <laughs> I that would be the end of it for me. You know what yeah. I mean? You have to. You have to be very secure in your management to be bringing someone like this in. Eddie Jones know? is very secure in his well, management. Well, he was. He's pretty, he, pretty, he is. He pretty much is. Yeah. Okay. Like, we'll leave it there and we'll talk to Conal Jones next. I said, are you want to get up or you want to stay in bed? I, 
I said, we have a game there about half three. If you, <laughs> if you, if you, wouldn't, mind, if you wouldn't mind joining us. <laughs> didn't even stir, like, didn't even go for the back. Took his line, took his extra five minutes. It was like, it was like the snooze button. Hit the, hit the snooze button for another five minutes. Rolled out of bed. One seven that day. Okay, so the biggest drama of the weekend was in Brewster Park where Derry Gonnelly beat Trillick on penalties. It's the first ever time penalty shootout has decided a senior championship uh, club match. The man who scored the winning penalty is on the line now, Conal Jones. How's it going? All right, Conal, how's it going? Good, good, good. Have you recovered from yesterday? That must have been dramatic. Uh, uh, not, not recovered fully yet, but uh, uh, in, in a good place, I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's a dramatic way to win the game. Obviously, I don't think it's ever been done in Ulster Club football before. And I've obviously never been part of anything out there. So it's it's different. Um, it's it's very tough for the losing team. But uh, obviously, I, I'm, de- I'm delighted with, with the outcome of it. And it, it's a lot better for us than, than it is for Trillick, unfortunately. Yeah, I saw the penalty shootout. So I was watching this live yesterday. Someone had it up on uh, Twitter. And you must have played soccer. I know this doesn't happen in GA because you seem very cool, calm and collected. You even got down on your knee. You, you took the first penalty and then it went to sudden death. So you came back up as the first penalty taker again. And you actually had time to get down in one knee and clean off your boots and all before you took, before you took the second one. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I've I done that before. I had trials for Manchester when I was younger, so you know, ah. I, I, <laughs> no, I'm only joking, Colin. <laughs> no, uh, the last time I played soccer was about uh, like 16. I used to play with Ballam Mannard and uh, I think I made the the Smana Milk Cup team, the, uh, the junior team. But that was the end of that. I had to had to kind of choose between the soccer and the Gaelic. So uh, it was, I suppose, an easy choice for me from. My background with the Gaelic. Yeah, and would but, you, would, um, were you feeling your obviously legs must have been like jelly coming back up for the second one because sudden death. Obviously, the first penalty you have time if you miss you have time your teammates have time to make up for it. Sudden death is a different story, right? Um, yeah, no, I, I wasn't too bad. You know, I, I, I'd after I'd, I'd kick, you know, the, the free to bring in the extra time, so I, I was confident. You know, um, I, I wanted to hit the first penalty. You know, I wanted. Uh, I just felt good about myself, and I, I wanted to take the pressure off off our boys. You know, with other boys hitting the penalty, so I wanted to go first. And then I, I thought that it might, if, if I scored, you know, I was confident that, that I was going to score. And I knew if I did score, then that the pressure would be on on the Trillick boys coming after us that they would have to score. And um, no, the, the second one again, I just I was happy enough. You know, I was confident myself. I knew exactly where I was going and. And, and, and thankfully, uh, the ball went where I wanted to. Yeah, so you changed your mind. You put the first one into the bottom left and then you went off the inside of your boot, the far side for your second penalty. Lee Brennan changed his mind the second one as well, but hit the post. So I suppose this is a, you play a game of silly beggars with the goalkeeper and you're wondering what he's thinking and then you try to do the opposite, is it? Yeah, well, we were kind of like, um, we look, we, we would know Joe, you know, we we, we played for like, I mean, in Challenge game nearly every year the last couple of years. Um, and uh, I've actually hit a penalty against him in a, in a challenge game. Uh, went the same side the first time, um, but we uh, we kind of just thought that uh, we were kind of trying to read him there to see what way he was going, and, and and we thought we knew 
that he, he seen to be diving the same side for all the right footers. Right. Uh, so that's that, that's why I changed my mind and for the second penalty, and he, he did go the other way. So I don't know whether it's just pure luck or it's in the head, or, or maybe that that was a tactic, you know. Right. Okay. So, like, I mean, did you practice penalties? Like, we know this is the way matches are being ended now. Is that something you would do at the end of training, or? Well, I, I would I would hit the penalties for very honest, so I yeah. would always always practice them. Um, and actually, we had before before our first game against Cargan, we had um, uh, Brandy and Sean had organised for us to come up early one training session and practice them in case in case it did go to penalties. So. So that's, I suppose we we were confident that we we had our five handicap kickers. They were all confident, and we we had practice. So yeah, I suppose we were lucky uh, that way. Okay, so like I mean, the penalty takers were decided even before. I'm I was wondering, like maybe fellas would put up their hand after the second period of extra time because I saw you had a corner back um, take one of the penalties, and uh, like I'd be thinking if I was on a team and the corner back put up his hand, <laughs> I would be like, here, put put that back down there. <laughs> Yeah, well, Eamon actually... It's Eamon McHugh, Eamon McHugh, doesn't uh, he? He, he does play a bit of soccer, so he does. He, he, he fancy himself, all right. But uh, uh, to be honest, I actually I actually missed the training session that they were, they were practicing the penalties, but I always knew he was hitting one anyway. But the, the, the other four boys um, obviously had put their hands up at that stage and were confident and were, were allowed to hit um, the penalties at that stage. Right, okay. So come here, talk, talk to us about the game because you're pretty much beaten twice in this game and came back out of nowhere on both occasions in normal time. Like you said, you got the free to equalise it but you needed three in a row to get back into that and you needed, you went four down then after the first period of extra time. Yeah, it was a bit helter-skelter, all right. Uh, it, was, it was a great game, I think, for, for anyone in the stand to watch. Uh, uh, well, neutrals and Derek only ones anyway, but no, I think overall it was a very entertaining game. Trillick, Trillick, or suicide. We probably got a lucky goal at the start, the start of the game to kind of keep us in there at half time. Trillick then lost Matty Donnelly, obviously a huge, huge player for them, a real yeah. leader. Um, but they, they they pushed on themselves, you know, they pushed on. There were, there were three points up uh, coming in, and we probably thought we were were down and gone, but we pulled back the last three scores. Um, Got a free for the last kick to, to bring in the extra time. So like then put the foot down again, with four points up coming in the, in the second period of extra time, and we uh, I don't know how we did it. We we managed to get um, four points then to drag it in the penalties. That was it. You didn't even need a goal to get it back, which makes it even more incredible. Yeah, I know. You think at that stage that you know a lot of boys be thinking we need a goal here. We we have no chance unless we get uh, stick in the net, but. Um, it's it's something we worked on in training as well a couple of weeks ago. That um, if you are if you do find yourself three three four five points down with five six minutes to go, is just to keep calm and and don't try and rush it and don't try and maybe go for the goal straight away. Yeah, no, that's exactly um, it. So come here, Maddie Donnelly went off injured, but he came back on, and it was him that got turned over for the free you scored in normal time. What happened there? Yeah, Matty, he got he seemed to get a bad bang um, just before half time in his knee, and um, I, was, I was close around by it, and he seemed to be in a lot of pain, you know. And it went off, and then I had, I just noticed him. I, he was behind, he was behind the goals we were shooting into there in the second half, and then next thing he was he was coming back on, and 
he was sprinting about. And he, he, uh, he, as soon as he came on, he found a big hit, and we were thinking, geez, he, he must be all right. And then they were working the ball, I suppose, out of defence for the last uh, three, and um, I think he slipped. He just slipped, and then we just kind of got around him, and he overcarried the ball through that. Right, right, I get you, I get you. So, come here. not many people would have given you a chance going into this, but you mentioned you played against them in challenge games. How did those challenge games go? And, you know, in your heads, you pro- how how did you feel about the game? I, I feel like the first team, the, the challenge games, I feel like, to be honest, would have always been on top. Um not much, but there, thereabouts. And the problem was that a lot of their county players weren't playing because of the throne were, were oh, doing yeah. so well in the championship. So I suppose both teams never really had um, full teams playing each other. We never really had, you know, a full squad either team both days. But um, throne would or Trillick would be, um, you know, there would be would have been a step ahead of us, and obviously they were they were the favourites. Suppose for also going into the game. So uh, we just. We just we had a bit of luck on the day to be honest, Colin. You know, as I say, the goal and and then Matty went off injured, and we just we we got a bit of luck and we we took our chances on the day and you know just just delayed it over the line, like yeah. So there are two big scalps, Carrigan and Trillick, that you're after taking this year. You've won five in a row in Fermanagh. You haven't been shooting the lights out in the Ulster Club. You'd won good year, I think it was 2016, where you you know, you know you won a game and then was it a replay against Cavan Gales or something? I think they ended up beating you in a semi-final. Have you put more of an effort into Ulster this year, um, Connell, or is this just the way it's 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 panning out? No, um, I think it's just the way it's panning out, uh, to be honest. Connell, it's probably just the way, uh, I suppose... Um, when your first couple of years of winning the championship, you know, you're, you're really just kind of delighted to be winning the county championships again. And then I suppose we've won the county championship you know, five years in a row now, and we just felt like we wanted to test ourselves in Ulster. You know, we're playing Ulster club teams every year, and uh, I suppose you're, just, you're learning. Like, if, if, you're not, if you're not winning, you're learning. So uh, we've, we've learned a lot on, on the road, you know, the last five years, and thankfully... You know, starting to show uh, some awards now. Yeah, exactly. So, have you been in with Fermanagh at all now since Ricey took over, or do you, you completely get a free run with Derry Connolly? No, Ricey. Uh, Ricey gave the 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 Connolly boys and Derry Connolly boys a free run up and now. So, uh, thankfully, we'll be missing uh, another two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> this time of year, it's, well, I don't think Fermanagh's actually started yet, but. On the pitch this time of year doesn't be doesn't be nice. Yeah, exactly. No, it's it's a, it's tough going. But uh, any any talk about how Rice is going to um, line line you up this year? Like I know, obviously, Rory Gallagher had his way of playing. Is is Rice going to take a departure from that, or is what's the talk? Well, I've no idea whatsoever, uh, Colin. Because I say we haven't Rice in fairness to him. He, he's been he's been great to us, and he's given us a free run. He hasn't expected us to be in any any training sessions or any gym sessions running. Um, so I have no idea what way he's going to set up but um, we'll, we'll soon see I suppose Yeah well here's a question for you would you like him to change it a little bit more attacking the reason I ask you that is because Tomas Corrigan was on the show here um, last year and he was saying he dreaded that style of football um, under Rory Gallagher he couldn't enjoy it now I know you're a different player to Tomas just wondering your thoughts uh, on you know playing that way well, uh, it's, it's a tough one, you know. We we got great success uh, on the Rory Gallagher. Yeah. And the way we did, you know, 
for me as a player, I you know that's my first Ulster final that I that I've ever played in. So I, I love you know getting to an Ulster final, the buzz of playing an Ulster final. I know things didn't turn out the way we wanted, but uh, I think that was down to the, 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 us players really on the day nervous. We didn't do the things we were supposed to do, but. Um, when you're winning games, when you're when you're staying up in Division Division Two, you know you're you're mixing it with teams who are seated a lot higher than you. You know, I'm not going to complain, but you know everybody's got their own styles. I'm sure Ricey's style won't be exactly the same as Rory Gallers. Um, but I say we'll, we'll soon see what what style of play. Um, I'm sure that the new rule as well is yeah. going to make a big difference. The attacking mark. Um, it's something that I, I personally was in favour of attacking Mark both as a forward and as, maybe as a bigger player um, you always want to see that so it, it's going to encourage like teams are going to take advantage of the attacking Mark it's going to encourage um, men to keep up the pitch it's going to encourage um, kick, kick passers um, so uh, the game's starting to favour more attacking minded players so I'm, I'm sure we'll see teams um, going along that way. That's the thing. And I suppose with, with this mark, the, the kind of the zonal players have to push out on someone or you're going to leave somebody free for a mark. You know, it's, ext- it's extended out to the 45. So there actually can't be any spare men around the field like there is now. Yeah, no, I know. I think that um, the role of a sweeper is, is going to change dramatically because there's you know, it's going to be reducing the times that people are double up, doubling up a man. If if you can if you can catch the ball uh, clean, well, the, the sweeper's uh, redundant. You know, there's, there's no need for a sweeper because uh, the attackers got a free kick at the goal. So it's going to, I think, defenders are just going to have to, I suppose, man up and and be be tight, and it's going to be a lot of one on one battles. Fantastic, eh? Yeah, well, it's, it's <laughs> on one forward, side, <laughs> suits me and you. Yeah, um, come here, you've, you've Kilku next. Um, did you have uh, any celebrations last night? Or are you back to training tonight, or what's the schedule? So I was, there was a right bit of celebrating going on diagonally last night, or right, and uh, a mate of mine, good mate of mine from Kilku, was ringing me this morning just to see what the crack is, and uh, I was saying, "Well, you guys recovered," and he was telling me. That, that they weren't out last night so <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of like oh god we better, we better pull it back in here a bit yeah but, but uh, they all say that that's the that's the mind games that are starting already right accurate look at uh, we're not stupid you know Kikou's a serious side I think they've won seven of the last eight down championships they won six in a row they're probably also content they've been also contenders the last five six years and uh, you know they'd be strong favourites now to go on and win Ulster. It's, wi- uh, yeah, it's, it's wide open though. Like I mean, there's it's going to be a new winner, right? None none of the four in the semi final have won it before. No, that's right. Yeah, it's you know you would have had Flack Neil and Cross Midland and um, Scottstown would have been supposed to be the main ones over yeah. the last and Guido obviously over the last couple of years, and Kaku would have been there thereabouts. You know. Um, so they would probably really fancy themselves to to go on now. Yeah, no, they definitely, they definitely will. Come here, listen. Thanks very much for taking the time to talk to us, Connell. I'll let you, I'll let you back to work. No, no bother, Colin. Thanks very much. Come here, I want you to talk us through the goal you scored in the county final after 15 seconds. I want you to tell me when you had goal on your mind. Yeah, you've probably had a few 15 seconds experiences yourself. <laughs> <when> you, uh... <laughs>
Okay, so Paddy Power Performance of the Weekend and there's been some great performances this weekend um, in hurling and in football but we're going to give Performance of the Weekend to Stephen Cluxton for doing an interview <laughs> and win, winning player obviously winning player of the year we tipped this last weekend or last Thursday this was going to be fairly obvious I have to say Cluxton came across very well in the interview with Joanne Cantwell at the All-Stars no need to go across to Paul Flynn at all I thought that was mad decision by Joanne to include Paul Flynn you never get Stephen Cluxton why yeah. throw it out to Paul Flynn just to give a generic oh he's a legend he's great talk to Stephen Cluxton yeah. get more out of him Jesus um, and it's not like Cluxton was being shy like he was talking away oh, he was away. being really good yeah. yeah he was being really good and he was a complete natural and you, you'd wonder you just wish of all the Dublin players he might do a little bit more <laughs> yeah. when, when you talk to him but look if you only get Stephen Cluxton once a year at a thing like that and you, you'd love to get 20 minutes with him because that would be fantastic like I mean there's no doubt about his commitment um, to Dublin it's incredible like I mean he's talking about a typical day this year would have been this is what he this is his quote now he says a typical day this year would have been home from school um, at 10 to 4 leave for training at 20 to 5 uh, for training at 7 <laughs> they, he'd get there at 5 so he's only a 20 minute drive to training go out with my goalkeeping coach Josh who's here tonight this is for you pal I really enjoyed him giving the shout out to his coach and saying this is for you pal uh, very nice touch from Cluxton there then he said go out from 6 to 7 do our stuff back in for a team meeting and then st- start training um, with the team. So immediately I jumped out and said, what's he doing from five to six? Yeah. So he's obviously on a roller. You know, he's stretching out. You know, I'm just speculating here because he's accounted for all his time. Yeah. He goes, he lands there at five and he goes out with his goalkeeping yeah. coach at six. He's rolling up and down. He's stretching. You wouldn't know what this fella could be doing. He could be doing <laughs> yoga, but the preparation's through the roof. There's no, there's, there's, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, and like, uh, he did give the shout out to the goalkeeping coach, but he's also getting there an hour before training every night as well, just to help. I'm sure it's a pleasure for him to work with the, the greatest of all time. But ah, uh, it's it's brilliant. Like, and he was talking even was so open about maybe, like whether or not he's going to stay on next year as well. And he said, "I don't look at it like what is left to win. I look at it." as am I going to be hungry enough to win my place in the team? Yeah. And then he probably assumes I have to do this work to win my place in the team. He's staying. He, he'll he go with Jim Gavin, I reckon. I don't think Cluxon going, he's he's not going anywhere. I'd say he'll stay. Why not stay? Are you mad? Like, I mean, this man, <laughs> he's fit. He's playing brilliantly well. The only thing that could stop him is family commitments. But looking at his schedule there, he's home at 10 to 4. Yeah. Instead of going at 5, maybe stay with the family another hour and do your rolling yeah. session while at home in your own house oh. or something. I don't know. But Jim's called an all four-hour <laughs> session tonight. <laughs> maybe like Scout House. I have, to, I have to pull some people up who are talking about this being unbelievable commitment. I would say he's very dedicated. But when I was playing with Leash, I worked up John Rogerson's key. Mm. So I used to leave work at five. Work would go on until half five, but I'd have to talk them into leaving me out at five. They wouldn't have been in big into GA. So I'd come in at half eight in the morning to make up that half an hour. Yeah. I would run from John Rogerson's Key down to Gardner Street, run. Um, I would get into my car and then I would drive up Gardner Street and I would come back across uh, through Fibsborough and in all that traffic anyway. So it would take me about an hour and 45 minutes, two hours to get down. And then I would land to training bang on time to go in, get your gear on and you might come out on the field a little bit late and get extra laps when you get after training for being late. What's commitment? What do you think? Do you think that's more commitment or do you think landing the training two hours early to do a little bit of 
enjoyable work with your coach is yeah. commitment. I think they're both spectacular. Like, uh, <laughs> do you get me though? I, I would take. I, to me, I would love that routine. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Now he doesn't need to go two hours he early, but he yeah, does because he loves it. And like, I mean, that's a, it's a, a commitment in a different way. It's not hardship, but it's it's a different type. It's a I think it's a dedication. Yeah, yeah. He's choosing to do yeah. that. Like most people would just enjoy the time off and not train or yeah. whatever. Like, but he's choosing to train with his time off. Yeah. But. So it was nice to see him win a Player of the Year. It really was. It was nice the way he came across really well. I know Cluxton. I played with him. He's. I would have clashed with him over not giving Parnells the time that I wanted him to give Parnells, and that's probably where we clashed. And he used to give out a lot, but like that's his personality. Um, but for Dublin, he he's on the other end of the scale. So like you can see, obviously his brilliance and him being your teammate is fantastic because he's so good. Um, but you can see why the Dublin players love him, respect him. And he, like I think Joanne Cantwell said at the start that no one in the room, you know, hurlers or footballers would, or something about having great respect for him. And they would, like, I mean, it, it, there's no doubt that he's an incredible legend at this stage of his career. Yeah. And like you talked about this routine earlier in the year and, how that influenced the rest of the squad because they started showing up earlier then as well. And you think about Cluxton, how good he is and influential he is on the pitch. So, for my information, was it was first it was Cluxton and then Johnny Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> so <they laughs> two, lo- two lunatics, like yeah. two absolute dedication uh, is their middle names. And now it's filtered, it's, yeah. it's infiltrated the whole squad. So it's like that is the most important job for Jim Gavin. Not because Cluxton's the best keeper in Ireland, but to make sure that he's there because he's just such a positive influence on the rest of the team. Yeah. Just keeping them all in check like that. Keeping them all in check, exactly. Shane McCallum won the Hurling uh, Player of the Year. No surprises there. Great to see him. He'd been nominated in 14, 15 and 16. Um, so fantastic news for him. We talked about the Hurling All-Star last Hurling All-Stars last Thursday, Conan. Obviously, Sean O'Shea and Adrian Mullen got the Young Player of the Years. So we will talk quickly about the All-Star team um, here before we go. The big talking point, obviously, is Brian Howard at centre back. But is it even a is it even a talking point anymore? When you see some of them, we've seen lads picked in midfield and forwards to pick him at centre back. You know my thoughts on this. I'm completely mm. against that. Um, it's a cop out. I know the answer will be who would you have changed? Well, I'll tell you straight away who would have changed. I would have changed him in for Michael Murphy, and I'd have put him wing forward. And Michael Murphy, unfortunately, would have lost out um, to Brian Howard because Brian Howard had a better year at wing forward than Michael Murphy. So that's a very simple choice for me. I don't see Michael Murphy getting in ahead of David Clifford, Colin McShane or Conor Callaghan. So you'd have to say Michael Murphy, despite being really good in, especially against Kerry's, the one stands out for me. He was brilliant. Not so great against Mayo, you know, in Castle Barron, which was an all-earned quarterfinal. Very I thought he was good that game. He missed a couple, but it was... It was missed a couple, It was yeah. him and McBurdy. McBurdy was worse than him, but they were really to the fore and that shootout. Like between Mayo and Donegal, yeah. it was always Murphy if they were going to get into it. He did all right. He did all right. He won the penalty and got a point, but missed a really bad one at a, at a crucial point. Not talking Michael Murphy, if you were to pick any of those six forwards of who I would pick if I was picking a team tomorrow, Michael Murphy would be the first one I would pick. I'm saying that a, a, a really difficult choice has to be made sometimes. Yeah. And that would have been the really difficult choice that I would have made. I'll take Mannion being picked wing forward, no problem. Um, the full forward line uh, picks itself. Um, like if you're if you're a defender, say you're John Small, Tyg Morley or Donald Keown, um, Keoghan, yeah, and you see Brian Howard being picked at number six, I'd be very disappointed with that. Of course, yeah, and like yeah, you might argue that if I was playing the forward line, I could have shoot off more and then got my place in the backs like like Brian Howard did. But 
Like I, I think putting Paul Mannion at wing forward would be the same sort of thing. Not as bad, but not as bad. I would think you have to you have to leave him out. It sounds crazy because he was class, but he wasn't a wing forward, and he, he wasn't, wasn't as good as David Clifford. Yeah, he's up against Clifford at thirteen. Connor but we know you see, we, you will you will accept. I, I don't like it. I'll take your point. I would have had Mannion's up against Clifford and he's gone. We've explained this before. Yeah. But what I, wa- I can't accept is a forward being picked yeah, in the back. Yeah. And if Brian Howard might have gone back once or twice. He doesn't deserve an all-star centre-back. It's no. an insult to centre-backs. But just made me think the lack of outstanding centre-backs in the game right it's now. True, yeah. Who was the outstanding centre-back? There wasn't really an outstanding centre-back. Like you're looking at John Small being a wing-back, Tyg Morley being full-back, Donald Keown being a, a right half-back, probably closest to the action. Yeah. None of the top teams have the outstanding centre Dublin swapped them around since Keno Sullivan started kind of going Kerry don't have a dominating centre back it could change from game to game Tyrone don't have one they're the top three teams in the country it's mad uh, Galway don't really have uh, the, your man Daly this year who might make it as a regular centre back yeah. you're, you're even struggling to find teams that have a regular centre back Mayo swap it around you know well and a boil probably a little bit more uh, regular this year but to try your man Plunkett Lee Keegan can play there depending who they're Vaughan playing Vaughan was there Vaughan could go like I mean what happened to the traditional centre half back all started running the ball like that's probably you know, we worried about the corner forwards going out of the game but the centre half back who, who knew when to run and knew when to kick is becoming less important because yeah. he's not dictating the play anymore he's just one of the people who are carrying it up the pitch yeah. and hand passing it off no that's it when, when's John Small going to get an all star John Small has to has the the uh, unenviable uh, job of marking the most dangerous half forward on the opposition, whether it be Shane Walsh, mm. whether it be Stephen O'Brien, any of these, always does well on them. Peter Hart puts him in his pocket, always does well. He's he's unassuming, he's not flashy, and if he goes through his career without getting an all star, it would be just wrong. He deserves yeah. an all star. I think so. Yeah, and like. I was going to say, well, you look at Patrick Durkin and Jack McCaffrey there, he doesn't deserve one over them, but it does. Well, I think he might have deserved, I might have put him in ahead of Ronan McNamee at fullback. Like, he deserves it. Like, okay, you're going to have, your Ulster hat is going to be on you there now. But the point I make, obviously, the John Small won't fit into that halfback line the way it's picked with Patrick Durkin. Uh, oh, well, no, he could have played centre-back instead of Ryan Howard. Yeah. What am I talking about? <laughs> yeah, so he wouldn't get one of the two wing-backs, but he could have got the, the centre-half-back position. I don't think anyone have argued even Dublin getting eight after the five in a row. Like, yeah. I don't think it's a, um, that big of a deal. But there is, a, there is an obsession of having to give Donny Galwin. I remember last year, the same thing, because they won an Ulster. Nobody cares about provincials anymore. The big thing is getting to an all, is the All-Ireland. Provincials... I know Ulster will still say that it's it it, it it is a big deal and it is a big deal, but that doesn't mean the All Stars need to reflect reflect yeah. it. Donegal would probably pass up on an Ulster to get into an All Ireland final next course, year. You know yeah. that's uh, fairly obvious. But like, like, traditionally, if you won a provincial, because you go straight into All Ireland semi finals and All Ireland finals, right? Yeah. So therefore, you're only missing two games. So are you and you play in one of them? Yeah. So traditionally you only miss one game. So a provincial champion really had that prestige that they deserve to be an officer. I'm not sure that's the case anymore. No, and the Mayo got to the semi-final and they yeah. got further than Donegal, beat Donegal, won more games, but they're nowhere near like, you know, like Patrick Durgan got in, but they're nowhere near we need to give Mayo yeah, yeah, a yeah. player on the team. Um, the, the, like I come back to the, the Howard thing, like 
I know it's hard for journalists because somebody has to miss out and they might get defensive over it, but if you leave Howard out and put John Small in, say, and then me or you say, where's John Howard? Then they can just say to us, well, who do you want out, Mannion or where's, Murphy? Where's Brian Howard? Yeah, like, you know, or like, you know, Stephen O'Brien was in, and it's, it's just more of a straight shootout. It's like place for place. I think it's easier for them. Yeah. It's an easier set. It's an easier thing to send over and say, look, it came down between David Clifford and Paul Mannion, and they, Mannion lost out. On this one. Yeah. You know, or it came down to Brian Howard versus Michael Murphy and Michael Murphy lost out yeah. as a wing forward. No, well, Michael Murphy would have been up against probably Cotton McShane or, you know, Sean O'Shea, mm. somewhere up the middle. Or David Moore and O'Brien Fenton. Do you know what I mean? But it, here's what, I think Stephen O'Brien has been absolutely, I think he's the one that can be most disappointed. Yeah, put him centre back. Like if you're looking well, to pick it, the best uh, players. Yeah, why not? <laughs> you know? Why not? If that's if that's the game, did, did, um, Put, why not put Stephen O'Brien in ahead of Brian Fenton? Because in midfield, well, I'll tell you, because I'll tell you why. Stephen O'Brien was favoured for player of the year before the two All-Iron finals. He didn't have two great All-Iron finals. Neither did Fenton. Yeah. Stephen O'Brien was better than Fenton up until the All-Iron final. So if you're going to do all these things, why not put Stephen O'Brien into midfield at the expense of Fenton? Why did Fenton get an All-Star, even though he had two you know, underperforming finals by judging by his standards and not put Stephen O'Brien in because he had two underperformances in all our finals when Stephen O'Brien was way ahead of Fenton yeah. before the two finals. How does that make sense? Do I don't know? know. And like, you know, Cal McShane didn't have two good all in the finals. <laughs> Neither did Michael Murphy. You know, these boys, because they didn't make it to the final, it's safer for them. It's safer for them. Mm-hmm. So if if Kerry had lost to Tyrone in the all Ireland semi-final. Stephen O'Brien gets Stephen an All-Star. Gets an All-Star. Definitely. That's harsh, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, it is. It really is harsh. Um, Shane um, McGrath was talking last Thursday about having some sort of a point system so that it's very clear how many points you've built up over the year. You know what I mean? It remote, maybe so... I don't. I kind of question him on the point system. It's not that. It's not that easy to implement. But if there was some sort of a numeric uh, tracker to know why Stephen O'Brien lost out in those two finals, when he would have been ahead of teams yeah. that lost, and you know what I mean? Why he's losing out on getting further? Yeah. Did, did he lose points for the final? Or yeah, did, did he would he have just... had. To, he would have had to lose points for yeah. not playing well rather than not gain points. Yeah. You know, and he's still so ahead of people. He still had a better season than than others. Yeah. yeah. So they're they're the big ones. Brian Howard getting a defensive one. Stephen O'Brien uh, not getting picked. In fairness, I don't think I've seen a forward line more um, competitive for an All Star oh, this year. Yeah. Like you've Jamie Brennan and Connor Cox, who would have been front runners in the provincials, and you know they didn't do enough. But at the same time, it it was definitely a forward line that wasn't wasn't going to be easily picked. Um, so that's it it's the, it's the yearly com- complaint about the Ulster it's not going to change it's not going to change this is the way to do it. this is the way to do it now um, and that's it so listen that's it Conan nothing else to say about the Ulsters now no it's like it's November we're complaining about Ulsters <laughs> <laughs> Groundhog year again yeah. right listen we'll be back on Thursday and we'll take a look ahead to the weekend's action we'll talk to you then good luck the GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power Money back as a free bet on any championship match on live TV. If you're losing first goal scorer, bet gets a goal. And when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going. So I opened up. We were only the small little fish out there, so we are. And uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Waterford today because like, I, I'm, heart, I'm heartbroken. <laughs>
Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.